Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. And welcome to a new episode of the Creative Brew. This episode is brought to you by a few great sponsors of mine. First of all, Panels, Comics, and Coffee Bar here in beautiful Oceanside, California. Right off of Mission Avenue, they have some of the hottest graphic novels and comics out right now. So if you're a fan of some of the uh, Amazon shows like Invincible or Netflix, you got Jupiter's Legacy. They actually have the uh, trade paperbacks as well as the issues there at Panels. So uh, go up there, snatch them, and uh, check them out. Uh, they also have a great assortment of, of merchandise, uh, back, issue, uh, back issue, vintage comics, and more. Uh, you can check them out at panelscoffee.com uh, or go to uh, Instagram or Facebook at Panels Coffee. Another sponsor of mine is Elevate Coffee Trading. And if you appreciate specialty coffee, enjoy outdoor adventure, and love helping elevate the lives of children around the world, then you're going to love Elevate Coffee Trading. Their mission is to extract hope through love, coffee, and adventures, and there's free shipping in, in the United States. And every bag of coffee helps sponsor health and education for children in coffee-producing countries such as Guatemala and in areas of need in the United States. You can use promo code ELEVATE21 on your next order and follow their journey on social media at Elevate Coffee Trading. Or you can visit online at ElevateCoffeeTrading.com and let's, ex let's start extracting hope together. Another partner of mine is Astropad. If you're a digital creator like me, you can use Astropad and convert your iPad Pro into another professional graphics tablet. So if you're if you use Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator, all of your favorite programs, you can use right on your iPad Pro. It's very seamless. Uh, you can connect through USB or you can go Wi-Fi. Uh, they actually now have new uh, compatibility for Android tablets. So even if you're on the Windows system and you've got a graphics tablet, you can use AstroPad and connect. And um, it, it's a very valuable tool for me for my digital uh, workstation uh, when I'm at my studio, in my office, or on the go. So you can check them out at astropad.com or on social media on Instagram at astropadapp. And the last sponsor of mine is Cobopod. And the Cobopod is a boutique video and audio production studio based in Oceanside, California. And if you're a podcaster, vlogger, content creator, uh, anyone that's looking to um, create a, a new uh, channel for your brand and, and really increase your brand awareness to your audience. Cobalt is really the way to go. Uh, I, I get, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, <laughs> accolades and, and, and reviews every time I, you know, bring a new guest in, you know, they're amazed by the, by the setup, by the, uh, environment, 4k video, professional audio. Um, and like I said, it, it helps me out with all my content creation. So if you're serious about uh, creating a high-end show or podcast, um, I really suggest you come by Cobopod today. So book your session and uh, let's get started. Today, we have Victoria with the Oceanside Museum of Art. Um, and we're, we're really gonna talk about some, some things that's going on over there with the museum, finally being back open. But um, they've got some upcoming events. We're gonna talk about art, creativity, life, um, that's what the creative brew was about. So we're going to mix it up, see what, see what happens. And, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll let Victoria introduce herself and give her um, story and we'll go from there. So first mad shout out for having this. This is incredible because you, you just said that you've had a ton of episodes. How many was it again? Yeah, it's, it's, well, now it's technically past, past a hundred episodes past, now. Past a hundred. Yeah. So brava, sir. Brava. Um, <laughs> 
uh, as you as you mentioned, my name is Vic. Uh, I am from the Oceanside Museum of Art. Um, I work in the capacity of membership manager, which really means uh, professional friend maker. Uh, so that is my job status, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, so we are over on Pierview Way down here in Oceanside. We've been there for almost 25 years. So that is, is no chump change. Um, we have survived the pandemic, yeah. uh, which is, again, a huge accomplishment in and of itself. Uh, we have several gallery spaces. Uh, and the museum has got new exhibitions open. And so it is uh, part of the cultural district here in Oceanside. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't be more thrilled with, with the progress. And obviously the reopening really <laughs> has us a buzz. Yeah. Uh, so right now we're Thursday through Sunday that we're open from 11 to 5, uh, Thursday through Saturday, and then 11 to 4 okay. uh, on Sunday. You know, Sunday time's a little bit <laughs> a little bit shorter. Uh, but we are looking as that June 15th comes up, yeah. fingers crossed, yeah. uh, to start expanding more and more days um, and rolling that out. So that's a whole new venture as well. Wow. Um, but yeah, we have we have a ton of things going on art-wise as I'm surrounded in a room filled with fantastic <laughs> art. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful it this, is beautiful this is this is crazy expression art right here i love the i love the text the layers and all of that good stuff um so with the with the museum i mean what what things uh because th this is you know i i think i wanted this to definitely be like sort of a sort of a, a special episode per se because uh we've got a huge creative community mm -hmm. here um but for for whatever reason sometimes it, it's sort of hard to get a younger audience sort of connected to the museum um just from the people that i've connected with um you know there's a lot of festivals going on going on uh different organizations um you know connected to the arts um what what are things that you know with the museum that people could be possibly exposed to that they may not be getting at you know just at other places oh that is a great one so our newest bestest shiniest object right now that's not proper english so <laughs> i apologize i'm just that geeked out about it is our plein air festival uh and as you mentioned it's a little bit more difficult to get younger audiences involved mm -hmm. um so our plein air festival is a little bit different than the traditional so plein air is french for out in the open mm -hmm. outside uh and it's traditionally a very um I don't want to say antiquated, but it is, it's a traditional means, right? Yeah. It's, it's for the French salon where you would submit your artwork and it would be of landscapes painted from the outdoors. That being the case, our plein air is in conjunction with our feel of the museum of tank tops and flip-flops. Um, <laughs> so our, our registration is actually open for free to students. So if you are a college student, if you are a high school student, if you are an elementary student and you are looking to, try it before you buy it, mm -hmm. experiment with some uh, means of the same view and perspectives as professionals, because there will be lots of professionals. It is a judged, juried exhibition at the end of it that you are able to submit to works if you care to do so. Um, you can do that. Mm -hmm. you, that could be something that you practice. And we are also encouraging non-traditional means. So mm -hmm. there's plein air that's, you know, the usual oil paint, or we do the watercolor, yeah. or the gauche painting. So you know, if you want to block print it, let's see what it's about. You know, if you want to try non, just anything non-traditional, we are all about it. Let's see, let's see what the, the new, young, uh, inventive, fresh art community has, because there are 
so many creatives. Oh here. yeah, yeah. I've I've noticed now, even doing the podcast and just connecting with with different people, there is there is a a, a wide diverse group of creators out there, um, and a lot of them trying to find their figure out their voice, um, and that, that's something that I've you know, um, really been trying to, um, even with the podcast, trying to help, um, that creative community out is figuring out, okay, what their, um, specific niche or style is, you know, how to potentially market themselves, how to reach out and connect. Um, a lot of times it could be the inspiration and mindset as far as behind, uh, actually, um, not only it's easy, well, I, I won't say it's easy to do do their work, but actually getting out there and feeling good about it and being confident about it is completely, it's a whole different thing. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Um, and I, I think sort of, it's I think it's a weird dynamic, especially you've got that young audience and you've got the, the older audience that's been there and, you know, they, they've got sort of not necessarily set in their ways, but they, they know how to do certain things. And you've got that professionalism compared to the more youthful, uh, exuberant, you know, energetic, um, sometimes chaotic um, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. youth. Um, it's, I think it's a weird dynamic. I think it's something that um, I, I think with that younger audience definitely needs to um, obviously see what, what professionals are doing and how they do things, how they present themselves. And and at the same time, too, sort of keep that energy and keep that that um, you know that that atmosphere as far as uh, just being that energetic creator or being something different. Or um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's that that'd be cool. That's definitely cool for a lot of the uh, younger uh, younger artists. That'd be something. Um, so, what else is there? I, I know there's some other things that's that's going on right now. There are some other things. All right. so you, you were mentioning that there there is that that dialogue between the the younger and the and the older audiences mm -hmm. of artists, and and there is so much of that yearning yeah. from our younger audiences that are are in either they're trying to build their their CVs and their resumes for applications to get to college, right? So they're either in high school or middle school and they're they're building their repertoire already. Mm -hmm. Or they're out of college and they need to get that imposter syndrome is real. Yeah. It is it and it's crazy. Um so there is a new level of membership that we are fostering okay. at OMA called the cultural cohort. And it is specifically for those under the age of 30. Okay. And so this entitles you to the same critiques, the same uh, exhibition opportunities, the same um, uh, gathering opportunities that our Artist Alliance has. So our mm -hmm. Artist Alliance is an established group, and most of them are, this is their profession. This yeah. is what they do. And so we are, we are finding that there is this, this stopgap between the experimental exuberance of yeah. one side <laughs> and the professional hardened know-how of our of our olders yeah and i was like why is there not like a, a, a shadowing thing going on <laughs> <Yes>. like they're <laughs> asking and second there's some there's some opportunities that just don't exist after you get out of college and mm -hmm. that, you know i was joking around you can't necessarily ask somebody to stand nude in your living room for an hour <laughs> and it'd be like a studio apartment you're yeah. like that's weird but when the museum does it you're like life drawing yeah. um <laughs> so those are also some of the things you know that you can't do without the backing of a museum and so those yeah. are the kinds of opportunities that we would like to give as continued experimentation, continued growth, mm -hmm. critique within your own contemporaries. 
um, so that's the cultural cohort and we're, we're jazzed right now. There's, there's a few, uh, in there. Um, I'm, I'm super excited that, uh, Amanda Kachadorian, who we have an exhibition of, uh, at the museum, uh, her botanical, uh, exhibition is, is insane. She does the, uh, she does the botanical history and the migrations of peoples throughout San Diego County in different pockets. Oh, wow. So it is an insane amount of research that she's doing. And she's like 24, 26. It's this young kid. I was just like, you are a pupper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so she's doing these massive works. They're just so, uh, so detailed. Mm-hmm. Her, her artistic renderings and just her style is so sophisticated. Uh, and then you layer onto it that it's all of this research and very careful, meticulous and ethical uh, layering of cultural histories yeah. over over each other. And so I was like, and you're like 24. Um, <laughs> so she's she is incredible. She's one of the cultural cohort leaders. Uh, we also have uh, Kevin Vincent, who also has uh, an exhibition at OMA and Uh he is also under 30, which is just crazy. So he just finished his MFA for UCSD. uh, And he brought his, his basically his, his end project Mm -hmm. to us because he was unable to have it because of the vid. (laughs) He ended up getting his own space and own exhibition. Just is, is, and he, he's just one. We talked for 30 minutes about clouds Um, (laughs) and just his love for art. Like he, he just says, I just want to create art. That's yeah. all I want to do. I want to create art all of the time in all of the mediums. And so he he does all of them. So the ones at OMA are sculpture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is extraordinarily talented also in drawing and painting and all of those other things. But, oh. uh, you know, you know, God creates with both hands, I guess. Like yeah. he's just he's a talented young, young kid <laughs> um, and just so uh, enthusiastic, which is nice. Both of them are. And that might be. Um, standing there as an elder millennial in their space and just hearing them talk. And I was yeah. like, wow, you guys are really enthusiastic about the world. I'm glad that the Gen <laughs> X didn't rub off on you yeah, like no. it did me. Cause I'm like, eh, pessimistic. It might, it might do. Yeah. And they're just like, no, the world is beautiful. We can change it. I was like, sure. <laughs> uh, so they're leading it. Um, this is a cultural cohort where uh-huh. it's going to be. The vision for this is that it's led by by the participants of this so okay um there's a huge movement within the museum world about decolonization mm-hmm. and uh, direct reflection and community participation and so this is this is the only i don't want to say the only sorry this is the best way that we can give the platform in an authentic and unique and unanimous form and fashion to the artists of this community is to let them lead it yeah and so we have that kind of uh, culture with artist alliance and so we when we said we want to focus on the under 30s and there was discussions of like do we need a moderator should we have somebody leading it should no this needs to be owned by them led by them sourced by them yeah as a group as as a a collaboration it is a cohort Mm -hmm. and so um these these two lovely people have been convinced to lead it uh, so amanda and kevin have been they're like yeah we guess uh we also have a couple of high school students that are on board as well okay. um so 
it's it's going to be it's experimental. It's going to be a lot of fun. But again, like I said, you can't. You, there's some things that you can only do at a museum, like life drawing, without yeah. it being awkward. Yeah. Uh, unless you have friends like that, but uh, <laughs> you know, take your chances. Um, but we're we're really thrilled to just be really focused on getting that direct community reflection mm -hmm. and that response, much like we did for the Twenty Women Artists Now yeah. exhibition. That's awesome. So with the with the museum, I, I know as far as exhibitions, there's there's usually certain exhibitions that's going on up there. Um, with I mean, with the museum, I mean, I, I know they're trying to sort of uh, revitalize or maybe sort of pivot their um, their vision mm -hmm. for the for the museum. Um, ha, you know, have have they said anything as far as I mean, I I know there's a lot of social movement rights going on. A lot of things. I didn't know if there was uh, any talk as far as with the museum, like how to um, how to reflect that or how to be welcome to that. I, I wasn't sure. There was discussion. Okay. Uh, it's, it's definitely something that's been brought to our attention, okay. uh, that we have room to grow. Yeah. That's the nice way of saying yeah, yeah. what happened. Um, we do have a new DAI committee. Okay. Um, I am now on it. I found out yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, congratulations. Um, and so it's it's something that we are having at the forefront of our minds. Mm -hmm. um, there has been several staff that has been brought on board. Uh, one is me. One is uh, my other, my my foil is um, Erica. She yeah. works in development. And so we we are both women of color going, okay, we, we might want to slow down on a couple of these things. Let's consider some of these points. Yeah. Um, both of totally different backgrounds. And yeah. we're both like, let's let's talk about it <laughs> and also it's it's just how our community is looking yeah you know um yeah it and it's not a unique problem unfortunately yeah. every museum every traditional museum struggles with this and yeah. so there has been an intentional pivot uh the inspired staff selections was um was very intentional on you know, the staff gets to pick yeah. these many perspectives. Um, and then the 20 women artists now that was curated by, uh, professor Mark Tezuma mm -hmm. and she brought the artists in and they are, it's, it's a powerful exhibition. There's been people who cry. There's, there's been a lot of, um, I want to say heated discussions on, on people's differing opinions on how things are represented and talked about. Oh, wow. But the discussions happen. Yeah. And so that's that is where we find that our place is yeah. as the conduit for those those discussions to take place. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot to unpack with that. There's a lot of uh, ethics. It is uh, you know, obviously it's a complicated issue. Yeah. It's not going to be solved overnight. But um, we're mindful of it. Mm -hmm. We're trying our best. Dis, 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 dis. Um, and we're really looking to the cultural cohort to also really guide us into the next next century. Yeah, you know we need to we need to get up to speed, and you know there's nothing wrong with the uh, exuberant, enthusiastic experimentals taking over and changing that system. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's that's very true. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, like I said I I think just it's sort of neat to see i mean it's it's one of those where I, I, i've definitely noticed it and you know especially i'm originally from you know from tennessee from the south so um but going through art uh from middle school high school college um uh, you know i was classically you know trained in art and art history and 
um, going to museums and I've always, you know, used to the, uh, there's, there's always a certain atmosphere with the, with the museum and, and, um, yeah, I mean, definitely coming out here and, and really noticing really quick, uh, you know, just the, the wide range of just different artists out there, illustrators, designers, photographers. And, um, so everybody's got their own thing. And then I, I, I see, um, all the organization, art organizations, and then seeing the museum. And it's sort of weird seeing all the interesting, you know, dynamics there. And, um, you know, definitely the museum's got their, um, you know, got a persona, got their brand that they deal with. And, and I, and I think that's something that, um, you know, definitely keep it, but at the same time too, I know there's always room for, for change. And, uh, I, you know, I'm personally, I know I'm glad that, you know, they, they see that and they see it within the community and knowing if, you know, the museum can't grow, uh, unless you start including, you know, other, other people, um, and on that. So, um, that's, like I said, that's, that's great for the museum. Um, yeah, we, we couldn't be more thrilled about it. Yeah. I mean, this is seeing seeing the ownership of Oceanside mm-hmm. come into the museum and feel like this is a reflection of them. Yes, is is the ultimate goal. Yeah, and that 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 makes me feel like something I've done has been for a purpose yeah. you know i have like i have a small human and I, he gives me purpose <laughs> but when i when you when you say that you do work for a nonprofit, and it's even on my cover letter like it's like i want to do the most good and yeah. art for me growing up was also a safe space yeah. because i you know did not grow up in a neighborhood where anybody looked like me yeah and so it was it was ostracizing and so you you feel that change you feel that tension and then all of a sudden Oh wait, there is somebody who looks like me. That representation is important. Yeah. These voices of plural, plurality, plurality, I can speak. <laughs> They're important. I see them. I hear them. I'm not alone, mm-hmm. and I'm capable. And that capability, that empowerment that we can give, not only to our community and to our artists, can start to alleviate some of that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It can start to alleviate some of maybe that experimentation, entrepreneurship. Right. So it is hard to get people, uh, you know, artists of color to feel like they can sell their stuff. Yeah. That's a huge barrier. Yeah. There is a lot of like, well, I'll sell tea for 50 bucks. I'm like, I'm sorry. It took you how many hours to paint this? No, you're selling it to me for thousands. Yeah. Uh, you know, do not devalue yourself. Um, you have a place in this community. You are you are this community yeah. and your art is valuable, as is your perspective. And so this is. um knowing that those conversations are taking place within the museum um that the direct reflection is so important and that students are seeing it Mm -hmm. you know the next generation is seeing us in a light where they can have those safe conversations or they can have those tough conversations or they can just be educated Mm -hmm. on somebody else's point of view is a huge part empathy is is something that you don't get taught in school nope you have to learn elsewhere yeah and that is that is something that the arts teach yeah Yep, that is that is the truth. That is true. Like I said, I've I've been drawing since I was Lord, I think since I was like five years old and ha- hadn't stopped. And that's something that through my good times, bad times, uh, I've always had that. I always knew I can you know go to my little room and just create my own world. Um, and that's something that I literally, <laughs> I find myself literally doing now. Even now, uh, I'm you know working on a graphic novel and. Uh, you know, uh, being able to create a whole 
world and universe of just things that's been in my brain. Um, that that's something that, you know, not to say I'm not the only one able to do that, but there's, you know, millions of other young creators that, you know, they can do that at a whim, uh, you know, being able to do things like that, being able to paint and create. I mean, that, that's just, you, you can't even put a value on that. Um, and that, that's something that whenever I go to different art vendors, I'm always sort of scanning and I'll, I'll see what, you know, like how much are you charging for, you know, a, a painting or for a drawing and, and, um, uh, just little things I'll look for. I was like, well, how do you, like, how are you, are you inviting? Like, like, do you want me to come to your tent and let me see what you have? Uh, you know, I might be interested, but really, I think, I, I think that's gotta be great because it's gotta show, especially with the, the older um, mentors, like showing the younger ones, like how to present their artwork, you know, being confident with it, you know, talking about their art, which a lot of them hate doing. Um, <laughs> I haven't met a single person that's like, I love critiques. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been ripped apart by so many critiques. It's, you know, you definitely, you start to develop some tough skin. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just being able to sort of pitch and talk about your art. I mean, it's just, those are, those are things that um, they, they, t they show you a little bit in school, but you know, it's, when you get out of, out of school or, I mean, it's, it's hard. Uh, and some of them don't even go to college. Some of them, they get out of high school and then they're doing their art and they have no mentor to, to guide them. So that's, that's something I always sort of saw with the, with this podcast is like, you know, being a voice for, you know, like, Hey, I'm here to help you, yeah. um, for, you know, people that's trying to be inspired people that's wanting to create a, their own creative, uh, career, uh, or journey, you know, it's, you always need those people. that's going to, that's going to help you. Um, you always need mentors. So I think that's, that's great for, you know, the museum, um, doing something like that and bringing on, um, younger co uh, cohorts for, um, uh, for that, that endeavor. Um, that, that's great. Um, so you, so you had, there was another, now, was there another event that was going on? Yes. So, okay. I mean, we haven't really ever stopped. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Uh, we also have our art mart that's coming up this weekend. So okay. Five, uh, the fifth and sixth, um, from eleven to to five and eleven to four, okay. respectively. And it is um, again artist alliance. So these are our pros. Yeah. Uh, it was a juried selection, uh, so there'll be eight vendors each day, different, and they're going to be showing their stuff. So there's an opportunity not only for the community to see what artist alliance is up to yeah. and the level of art that's being created from our artist alliance members because let's be honest they're legit yeah um but it's also a great showcase for our younger community and just the community in general to not only see that but be able to purchase art support artists of their community yeah. and to just get a flavor of what's going on in the museum yeah. um you know the the exhibitions are fabulous and there's so much of that that removal um, from from an audience person, right? So you see it up on the wall, and there's that that objectiveness, right? Where you're your subject versus object, and yeah. uh, and that's that's great, right? That's the traditional model of a museum. Yeah. But it's different when you get to see artists creating, and you get to navigate between their spaces as they're presenting everything to you. Oh and wow! And that is, and it really is. It's like a pop up art mart. It's a juried exhibition, but they are they are fantastic. Um, pieces they're all of all different mediums mm -hmm. 
So I'm really excited. I've actually, because I got to see a preview of them, I'm like, I want this painting and I want that <laughs> painting and a little bit of this drawing. Um, so it's interesting to see how one it'll be priced. Um, yeah. And second, just how the community reacts to seeing that kind of availability. So yeah. it's it's fine art on our terrace, yeah. um, <laughs> which is like a crazy concept, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, we haven't stopped moving. We have uh, exhibition openings that are happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have whole new exhibitions in the museum. We just opened a Mark Bryce exhibition. There's a Taylor Chapin that's going to be opening soon. Uh, the 20 Women Artists is still running. Like yeah. we are, we are on top of it. Uh, Color of Sound is still going on, mm -hmm. which is our art of autism. Uh, so we're trying to be inclusive and dynamic, and it, it just all of the things on all cylinders. So yeah. I'm a little tired, but yes, it is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a big comic book nerd uh have they now I, I hadn't noticed have they done any kind of comic book type exhibitions as of yet not that i've seen okay because i am also a comic book geek uh the closest i think they got was kessinger a couple of years ago and okay. he does that steampunk yeah style the yeah. victorian style and so he's an illustrator so it's by i think the closest okay. that i saw uh, but I wouldn't be mad if that rolled in. Um, <laughs> huge anime, huge Spider-Man fan. So yeah. uh, fingers crossed for that to may the world hear us. <laughs> <laughs> now, what 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 animes are you watching right now? What uh, My Hero Academia? Okay, is, is a huge one. I keep I keep you know hearing about that. I, I keep telling myself I'm going to watch it. Um, I've I've got um locked. I've got a hooked on a uh, Demon Slayer. Um. So many tears have been shed yeah, for that one. I, I, now, side note, <laughs> side note, for anyone listening to this, do not judge me. Someone, I, I had someone, uh, a big nerd, um, uh, actually a couple of them, they were, they were telling me, I was like, well, what anime do I need to watch? Because I've always watched Dragon Ball Super. And so they like, no, don't, no. Watch Demon Slayer. I, they were like, I promise you, you will shed a tear. I said, okay. So I... Wasn't doing anything. I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn on Demon Slayer. Sure enough, it, it got me. It got me. I'm All like, I'm like, wow. They, so it's pretty, pretty cool. Actually, I, I actually do. Uh, I wish I could show you. I actually do uh, hand-drawn uh, coffee cups. And uh, I've got one. Uh, I've got one of uh, the, the main character from My Hero Academia. And I got another one of the, the main character from Demon Slayer. Uh, but I got it up at panels. Uh, okay, so I did see that, and yeah. I did ask them, and they're just like, "Oh, it's a local guy," and I was like, "Can I get his information?" As, hey, that's as I'm me. getting my Miles Morales coffee, I'm like, "What? what? There's there's other geeks here?" Yes, they're like, "Yeah, he draws it." Uh, yes, the deco was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Demon Slayer hit right to the feels. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be another. Um, action type yeah. anime where i was like okay it's gonna be a lot of fight <laughs> scenes it'll be fine and then you get to the quick of it and you're like i wasn't ready i wasn't ready yep. you hit me when i was down i'm eating pizza i'm in my pajamas <laughs> and you hit me right in the feels like could you give me a warning no warning yeah um, they they went straight for it um do you man that crunchy roll knows how to hurt you right uh, yes it does yes it does yeah i actually put that cup out i was at a uh, festival uh, about a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, I had that Demon Slayer cup, and I literally had like four or five people, young young kids. Hey, have you watched the new Demon Slayer movie? Have you? 
I was like, no, I've not seen it yet. I'll check it out when I get a chance. I um, haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I have no spoilers. Nobody tell me. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I need, I need to check it out. But, uh, yeah, I, I've sort of gotten hooked, hooked on that. So uh, I, I told myself, you know, I was like, I've always liked anime. I, I'm always, me and, my, uh, me and my son, we're always talking about Dragon Ball Super and stuff. So I was like, let me, I'm going to check out Demon Slayer. Check it out. See what they're talking about. But, uh, I, I, so that one's great. I need to watch My Hero Academia. Everybody tells me about that one. Um, so, uh, what, and you said you like Spider-Man? I love Spider-Man. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> I am, I am Spider-Man friendly. Uh, I grew I'm, so I'm a San Diego native. So okay. this is a, this is a crazy concept. So I, I'm born and raised in San Diego. Yeah. I took off for college for like a small bit, like eight years and then came back. But I do remember there was a time where you could walk up to Comic-Con and just get tickets. Yeah. Uh, and one of my favorite, who is also the creator of uh, Invader Zim, mm -hmm. uh, is also the creator of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, which is my favorite comic. <laughs> and I remember getting it signed by by that comic book artist and just with glee. Um, but you could. You could just walk up. It was like one hall. Mm -hmm. And it was the year before the first Spider-Man movie came out. And I had just went with friends. Like, they're just like, let's just like go together. It's something to do during the summer. Yeah. You know, you, we're done with cram school. Um, you know, you're done with studying. So we'll all head over and we'll do that. Um, if you, if you can't tell I'm a Catholic school kid. So yes, cram school was a thing. Um, so we would just, we would just head it over. Yeah. We didn't even buy tickets. There was no lottery situation. I went, uh, two years ago and, uh, literally got bumped by a Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, that's a first. I need to tell somebody. Uh, got bumped in line by a Boba Fett. I had um, Fifth Element blue paint on me from wow. one of their characters. I was just like, this is a hot mess. Yeah. There's so many people, but it's so nice to see that I'm not alone. Yeah. Spider-Man was part of that first burgeoning of of the Comic-Con to the Marvel Studios. Yeah. And it was that unveiling, that turnaround just changed comic book culture. Yeah. We, we, we had gone from the backseat of reading under our covers and like the backseat of our <laughs> parents' cars yeah. and like getting it for five, 10 cents to all of a sudden uh, having full-blown discussions on The Mandalorian recently. Yeah. So, you know, the Mandalorian episodes would air and then all of the geek friends, we all get on speakerphone and FaceTime and we're like, okay, but is this canon? Yeah. I guess so. Like, let's talk about it. Somebody do research who's on that. And so, you know, it's nice to have a community. Oh, yeah. And it's 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 deep, too. It's it's one of those where you've got your cosplayers, you've got, you know, your, your, your Star Wars fanatics, Star Trek fanatics, um, you know, anime you know, fans, it's just one of those to where, um, you know, having that community now and feeling like I'm not, like I'm normal to every. We're <laughs> to normal. Yeah. We're normal now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see. And I, I, I'm one of those to where, you know, I've, I'm in one of those weird positions where I, I've sort of experienced people on all kinds of different spectrums. Like I said, I, uh, I'm huge, huge geek. Um, we could talk about movies and comics for the next two hours, uh, yes. or we can go and talk about life <laughs> on the opposite end. <laughs> and so it's just one of those where, um, yeah, it just, you know, allows me to sort of, you know, see the whole, 
spectrum a lot of times to really connect with with different people um likewise this is what the show was about but um but yeah i mean it's just one of those where uh yeah definitely um big mandalorian fan um it i'm not i wasn't really like a huge star wars fan but when i saw the mandalorian that was like i thought that was the best show without having a you know spoiler alert not having a jedi in there you know obviously until those last couple of episodes but um that was the best star wars um show that i've i've seen i mean it's it was it was perfect um it, it was it was so well written it was yeah. so the uh and f for artsy people right like us i was like but are these practical effects they're practical effects they i mean they have a mix of the cgi which yeah. is it was just fantastic as yeah. always and then they're acting lovely you know they're they're top notch but then they still have the practical effects and yeah. i was like way to have the homage to the originals yeah like because I need that because I am a Star Wars fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even la watch the last three chronological ones. I was like, they don't exist to me. Uh, I, yeah, I heard so many <laughs> bad things about that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I was just like, no, it's four, five, and six. Thank you. Um, so my poor son has no idea. Um, but yeah, we 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 watched them. I I grew up watching them. This was a thing. Lucas Films is a thing. Yeah. Um, we did it together. We did it together, and it was uh, it was a family thing. It was a formative thing. It was mm -hmm. something I did culturally. So, like everybody I knew was also watching Star Wars yeah. at the same time, and so it was. It was a sense of normalcy. But like the Mandalorian came out, and all of those feels of nostalgia just bubbled up. Oh yeah. Like, oh, you're gonna do practical effects. <laughs> oh, we're gonna bring back Boba Fett. Like, yeah. oh, we're this is. Oh, all of this is just oh, seamless. Yep. Seamless is what I was looking for. And not even not even the most diehard fans can find problem with it. And I was like, that's when you know you're doing it right. Oh, yeah. 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 The last Star Wars <laughs> movies, like, I guess it just ran through the Disney machine there and just, hey, let's just crank out a block. But let's just put it out. And, you know, it's just like, ah, I don't know what they were thinking on that one. Um, too much, Too much money invested not to have a good story they, they and that's something i don't get a lot of times like you'll have directors that really have like they don't have a clue sometimes as far as like you know you have a rabbit fan base for star wars so like if you're gonna put something out it it better be good it better <laughs> be good yeah because <laughs> we know how to google yeah and we can find you yeah <laughs> <laughs> like don't piss off the nerds we have nothing else to do with our I, lives <laughs> just just waiting just waiting for a bad movie so they hey put a review out I was like, it better be good. It has <laughs> to. It has to. And, and the fans can feel it, just yeah. like any other artwork. And I, I was trying to believe there's to create is to, hum to be human. Yeah. And so whether it is creating panels of a whole world and universe, whether it's painting like these lovely these lovely pieces that I'm seeing surround me. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, or if it's storytelling, spoken word. I've, I've also worked for the Asian Film Festival, so mad shout out to Pack Arts. Oh, cool. Um, their storytelling process and their you know, film and videography and how they represent stories from Asia and Pan-Asian countries. Like mm -hmm. it's just, just the breadth of what humanity is capable of creating yeah. and how that comes back to us as our culture, yeah. our cultural identity, whether it be Star Trek and Star Wars and how mm -hmm. we feel when we leave something or whether it's, 
that small painting that you resonated with. And mm-hmm. so like, I just, it, it blows the mind yeah. on how much, um, and a little bit of how undervalued. So I'm a big proponent for <laughs> the all arts should be everywhere. Yeah. Um, arts of itself. Uh, you know, I, I often hear like arts help support math and science. Great. Great. I'm glad <laughs> it helped you. But like also art for art's sake. Yeah. Um, because it's, it is so fundamental as to create. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. Like when people connect with your creation, they want to see that they want to see the heart and soul. And so like the Mandalorian struck it. I was like, Oh, fantastic. You're making it for me. I was just like, this is the way. Yes. This is the way. And I wasn't really like a big Mandalorian (laughs) fan until like I saw the Mandalorian and, and actually, it was sort of weird because I had, in one of my episodes, I had one guy that was a Mandalorian cosplayer. And they were, he, I didn't realize how deep it was as far as like Mandalorian cosplay culture where like, you know, there's like different factions and, you know. There's levels. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> listening to that. And, you know, he, I think he actually had like a tattoo, um, you know, based off the Mandalorian. I think it was like, uh, was it like Blood Before Family or something like that? Uh and so I was like thinking about that. And then that Mandalorian releases, I'm like, wow, now I know what he was talking about. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of cool saying that. And I'm not like a cosplayer, but I could understand where he was coming from, you know, and all, a lot of those cosplayers come from. I mean, it's just, it's family. It's, you know, it's, that's, that's their family. That's so. their family. And they rock it. Like, yeah. that, like, if there's any cosplayers listening right now. <laughs> Uh, you all are incredible. Oh, uh, yes. You put me to shame, and I love you. Because uh, <laughs> it's my favorite thing to see Yeah, is somebody cosplaying. Um, I think celebration of unique identity in cosplaying, because it, it right, somebody, the highest form of flattery is to copy. Yeah. And so if you, if you resonated with the Mandalorian on a personal and spiritual level, Yes, I hope you tattoo. I want to see you in your Mandalorian garb. If it's, you know, the the signet, whatever you want to do and yeah. explain it to me, I am here to listen for hours because yep. it is fascinating. Yes. Yes, it is. It's um, fascinating. It's, it's, be- it's beautiful to watch. Um, so we'll go back because, um, as I said, we'll keep talking forever <laughs> on this. We, and you know what? I may just bring you back. I'm, you know, I'm going to bring you back and we're, we're going to talk, talk some geek stuff. Geek That's, stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're going to go back. What right now, what is inspiring you right now? I have to say that I, 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 for my inspired staff selection, I picked an artist. Uh, his name is Karash. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's a San Diego native and, uh, I, I think his art is just, uh, the bee's knees. If I can reappropriate that it's mine now um there there's something in his artwork that is so uh and he identifies as a socal kid Mm -hmm. so he's just like i'm from socal this is this is what i do this is what i create so there's one sculpture that he has that's I, i forget the name of it but it's two kids put in resin so it's two sneakers put in resin and it sounds so weird, but I was like, I know these are his shoes. Like, I know these are his shoes. And I had the opportunity to, to interview him on a Zoom. And, yeah. and I actually cursed during this thing where I was like, this mofo submitted his own shoes stuck in resin. And he's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, you did. <laughs> um, 
And it was just mind blowing to me that it was just this concept of both leaving and being stuck. Um, and then it brought up other questions of discussions that I had with other coworkers of like, what does it mean to be a SoCal person? Yeah. Uh, you know, is it, is it that we can identify the different smells of fire? Because that is a thing that we do. We're like, oh, that's a brush fire. No, that's a car fire. Like, yeah. I can, is it fire season? It's fire season. It's windy outside and it's hot. Nobody go out anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, that's that's a thing that we don't even talk about. Or that, um, yeah, I remember Oceanside not being somewhere safe to be, yeah. especially by myself as a female. Yeah. Uh, my parents are like, you are not going. Uh, that's going to be a yeah. hard no. We Hardly. drive past it to go to Disneyland, and then you come back. Yeah, um, I heard Oceanside was rough back in the day. I heard it was rough. Heard it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. Um, definitely not the cultural hub it's turned into. Yeah. Um, so it, it's inspiring to me, um, Karash's artwork, uh, but also I'm really inspired by what I'm reading, and I'm a huge advocate for... Uh, multiculturalism in mm -hmm. the arts. Um, so I am I am mixed race. I am Chinese, Mexican, Irish, Creole, something, something. Like my family was oh, like, "Hey, you don't look like me. I love you. Let's make a child." So that was that's my family origin. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's very mixed. It's very different. There was a lot of French in the house. There was Cantonese. There was Spanish. Ultimately, it boiled down to just English and unfortunately monolinguistic. Um, but the idea of that blending and that that space mm -hmm. in between where somebody can have all of these these influences, all of these backgrounds and and still be a part and yet not a part. Yeah. And so that you know, there's there's often that, that quanti quantifying of like, oh well if you're twenty five percent or less, if you're a quarter or less, you don't really <laughs> count. And I was like, What happens when you're a quarter or less everything? Yeah. Do I just not count? And they were like, well, you might have to be your own category. And I was like, do you want to give me that responsibility? Because I will own it. Yeah. Um, and so seeing that happen in the art world, mm -hmm. knowing that there's more of what I'm calling the mixed kid clan and how we're moving into the world and both doing a nod and appreciation to all of our cultures. You know, like I'm not angry at anybody like but I do want my voice to be heard yeah. on an equal platform. And so there's a lot of those conversations and that inspires me that there's, there's those conversations not only happening at our museum, but they're also happening out in other museums. Mm -hmm. like the American Alliance of Museums is also publishing articles. They're also having these discussions. Um, there's many podcasts for, a BIPOC on, you know, indigenous lands in Hawaii and how we address that. You know, there's uh, cultural appropriation and how to remedy those situations in representation and story. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much to unravel. There's so much work to be done. But I think there's also this, this feel of optimism about it. Like, you know, this is progress. Yeah. You know, we, we are saying stop. Don't do that anymore. It belongs to that person. That person is telling the story. Stop telling it for them. Mm -hmm. And it's it sounds very simple when we put it like that, <laughs> but it is it is complicated. I mean, these these organizations, these monoliths of of information are. Sorry, I'm getting really heady. Um, <laughs> these organizations are so used to doling out 
information. And I think, I think there was a moment that I was, because I've been many times to the Hawaiian Islands, mm-hmm. either volunteering or, or doing some sort of ecological uh, research, because I used to be an environmental science. Don't anymore. <laughs> Don't anymore. Um, and so it was, it was a huge interest to go to the islands and to see the, the natural flora and fauna. Yeah. So that being part of it was also the cultural. And then coming back and studying art, and there was this moment with uh, a professor was teaching me about Gauguin. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the painting's called like She Sees Specters. And there was that there was that moment as as a human being saying, Wait, what? She sees specters. It's because she's twelve. <laughs> you know, like what it, what what is happening in this this painting? And they're like, Oh, he, he would he would go and he would quote unquote marry young natives of the island. And I was like, so children, he was, this is why she's having nightmares because she's 12. Like she's, she's a small child. And then he would just dip and leave and he painted it and it's on your wall. Are you kidding me right now? And they're just like, oh, well, you know, we're talking about French Polynesian artwork. And I was like, sure, but can we address it correctly? Yeah. He painted statutory rape and it's up on the wall and we're talking about it like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's like unpack it. You can have it up. I need it up. I need this to be proof that it would happen. Yeah. That this was something that that occurred. But also, don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's French Polynesian. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Like this is this is a moment, um, and it was. It was just like this this little light bulb that turned on in my head of like that little girl looks like my cousin. <laughs> like. Like, why, why is this so familiar? Why does this hurt so much? Yeah. Um, and then asking those questions of my professor. And she was, she was very honest. Um, but that was just the narrative. You know, yeah. we, oh, this is how we talk about Gauguin. Well, stop. Can we tell the real story of what's happening here? Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was one of those moments in, in art school that I, uh, I was like, oh, this is a whole different thing. This is not just about my drawing one and drawing two class. This yeah. is not about life drawing and my technique. It is in fact, there's there's a lot of this wrapped up. And if I am going to participate in the space mm-hmm. as an artist, I want to make sure that I am not adding to the problem personally. Yeah. And that's hard. It really is. It's 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 a lot of explanation. It's a lot of um, especially on, on this side. So I, I don't create anymore. <laughs> Um, but I get to talk to creatives and, yeah. and a lot of that is, as you said, it's, it's hard to convince young new artists to step up, to feel like they're part of this space. And yeah. I feel like so much of that baggage comes from how we traditionally see art. Yes. I mean, you went to art school and I can only imagine the stuff that's still being said, you know, yeah. in school walls and how it's just glossed over or, you know, not talked about or, or seen in just a factual light. Yeah. So it, there's there's a lot. So I don't say that inspires me, but that definitely motivates me. <laughs> oh, that, uh, yeah, one uh, one of the same. I think it, yeah, motivates you to, you know, inspire. Um, maybe to, to sort of uh, see the change mm-hmm. uh, that you, you know you would want to see in the world. I mean, not not only for for you, but for you know younger and future generations is, you know, because yeah, I mean that's stuff like that. I mean, it's like yeah, we. 
it's put up on walls like uh like it's a masterpiece but you know you have to clearly you know state what it is and you know not to sugarcoat it um so uh yeah that's that's always up for a uh very heated discussion (laughs) heated definitely Um, catches people off guard when you're like but can we talk about it yeah yeah (laughs) so uh yeah it's always that's the discussion you know art for art's sake or is this a reflection of our society or man or our you know animal nature like you know we're yeah we're wanting to feel like we exploring all these you know new lands uh you know quote unquote you know lands that they've been there for thousands of years and we we feel like we've discovered it and and our fascination (laughs) with that it yeah it's yeah that that's always that could be uh yeah discussion for for hours um hours with experts people with phds people far more educated than me (laughs) to come in and weigh in on different uh situations but it's nice to also feel like as a as a lay person yeah you know i, I like art i practiced art kind of work in the art industry i would say yeah. museum <laughs> um but the, the, we feel it yeah. you know we're we're individuals i don't have phd i don't have you know, countless hours of study and postdoctorate work but i do feel it yeah i do feel it um and i do want to make sure that we do inspire new yeah. creatives to do them you know um Panka is another artist. She's a muralist that's mm-hmm. just mind blowing. Like she does massive, beautiful ethereal works, and so she she's also on that top list, like of of people that inspire. And there's there's something really magical about seeing people hit their stride. Yeah, and I think um, you know there's there's not there's not discussion of who she is as a person there's discussion of her as an artist yeah and i think that is a beautiful just a a beautiful transition Mm -hmm. uh removing you know like what was it the picasso that he put out the cigarette in somebody's (laughs) cheek and we're like you know that was acceptable that was like part of the the artist's you know history and such And, and now seeing it transition to they're just a fabulous artist. Yeah. They want they want to speak through their art, not through whatever their behavior is or um, that sort of thing. And, and I think um, I think it's just magical. There's just nothing more than connecting with a piece that just yeah. really. And since her stuff is murals, it's just I was just like, it's for everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's out there. Yeah. You can't get any more public than the side of a building. Uh, no, you can't. I, I love the murals. It's a lot of it's all kinds of different murals around here. It's they're they're beautiful. I mean, I love seeing the different styles and just I mean, it's just mind boggling. Um, you know, seeing it come to life. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to check her work out, and uh, I'm sure she's got some some beautiful. Uh, Panka artwork. is around uh the museum actually has an art walk that's going to be happening july 2nd yes second okay um where they go around san diego oh sorry not san diego oceanside mm-hmm. and they do their art walk and it is you're just like i had no idea this was here and you're like <laughs> yeah but it's fabulous now i can't unsee it yeah uh which is the best part um <laughs> because there are so many like you said it's so creative dense mm-hmm. here in this community um that whether it's it's in the traditional forms of art or whether it is um, creative in a different venue, mm-hmm. so that's all. I'm like, I love food, no joke. Um, 
And so seeing seeing more restaurateurs come out, um, more creative ways with culinary arts, performance mm-hmm. arts, like just all of that makes me super excited to yeah. see that in this community when I remember so drastically what it was <laughs> yeah. 25 years ago, 20, oh, yeah. 30 years ago. So uh, crazy change. Yeah. I'm a fan of it. Um, but yeah, it is, it's been a whirlwind. It's been, <laughs> it's been quite the thing uh, to happen. Um, it's, it's just too much to talk about in like a moment. Yeah. Um, but I hope everybody gets to be part of some sort of creative movement. Mm-hmm. in north county um because there is so much going on yeah that i almost feel like even i'm missing it and i'm trying to keep up with it Do oh I'm, I'm trying to I'll, I'll look i'm like is this this is going on right now i was like oh this is going on next week i was like oh okay i gotta put this on my calendar and yeah it's so many things going on and um that there's no way you can keep up with all of it and you know you just it's but it's sort of cool because it's like you get you go to an art walk or you go to a event and you get exposed to a new artist i'm like you've been here this whole time and i didn't know where have i been <laughs> yeah, <we're... laughs> yes yes so uh we'll, we'll go into uh creative tips um what is a creative tip or tips that you can provide our audience mm, uh oh i would say enjoy the editing process I know it's difficult. It is painful. Um, and I, I'm not encouraging you being a masochist, but do try to enjoy the creative and editing process because that's where growth comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me, when, you, when you've created something to the point where you're like, I hate it, perfect. Because um, <laughs> that, that means that you have spent the right amount of time really focused on that one singular object um and and you do if you're creating at the breadth that you're creating and you've been creating it and you absolutely hate it or you absolutely love it that's that feels Mm -hmm. um that's what you're trying to communicate to your viewer or communicate to yourself you know art is about healing as well so um enjoy the editing process enjoy the rough feedback and the critiques um it doesn't need to be argued with all the time you know so many of us get defensive like we spent hours on it and you all hate it because it sucks um and that can be okay too you can have sucky stuff and still feel like you accomplished something yeah and that's a huge piece um you know perfectionism runs in the Runs in the sphere of artists, right? Oh, that may include it. I, and I'm, I'm learning now how to um, let it go. Um, it's hard. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those where you, you feel like you, this is how I want it. This is how I want it. And then it comes out a different way. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that mind's eye, right? Yeah. So you have it in your head and then putting it down. And even if it, if you think it sucks, you learn something about it. Yeah. And that is that's part of loving that editing process like is you you are getting to that point to get there yeah and that's or you know heaven forbid in your mind's eye it keeps changing which is terrible yeah. <laughs> which you're just like oh it's so frustrating i thought i had it now it's changed damn it it's supposed to come out it's supposed to be some kind of glow from the heavens that's supposed to <laughs> present this piece of artwork and, and that didn't happen <laughs> 
I was supposed to hear angels and everything. I'm Clouds like, this part. Is, this is it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is the thing. This is this is what I've been working on. It, it's it's crazy though, and I do realize that so many artists suffer from perfectionism. I'm yeah. gonna say suffer, uh, suffer from perfectionism because it doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Um, but we do own it. Yeah. <laughs> like we we are in possession of it, but it doesn't help us. It doesn't help us. It doesn't help anybody else. Um, except for that drive to keep getting better. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope, I hope one day that everybody hears the, you know, sees the clouds parts and the angels sing and the light come from the heavens <laughs> on your piece of artwork. But if it never does, that's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. That's something I know I need it. I know our, our audience needs it too. Um, so going down, uh, what is, um, I know you've, you've talked a little bit about some, um, projects, but what are, what are some projects right now that, that are brewing with the museum or even heck, even personally with you, what, what things are going on right now that you would, uh, love to see come to light? Mm. So I'm definitely focused on that cultural cohort okay. at the museum, uh, getting that up and started, I think is really where my heart is right now. Um, especially with everything else that I've said about, you know, ownership and efficacy and, and all of that. So the cultural cohort is really, uh, the focus for me personally, uh, the museum itself is doing a lot with the plan air. Mm -hmm. Like it is, it is moving and shaking. Um, I guess personally I am working on gardening. I did not realize how hard that is. It's a lot of work. I have killed so many basil plants. <laughs> I was like, this is difficult. Um, I did pick my first blackberry today. Oh, cool. Which was um, the highlight of my morning. I There was a squeal <laughs> that I think all of my neighbors could hear. Um, and my child was like, are you all right? I'm fine. It's a blackberry. Um, but yeah, uh, personally, I'm, I'm trying to work on being okay. Mm -hmm. So this, this coronavirus has, has us all isolated. Yeah. And you know, my child's been at home. Luckily my husband and I have been able to work the entire time from home, mm -hmm. but that also means that we're sharing our space with a four-year-old. That's never fun. 24 hours a day, seven <laughs> days a week. And I, I love him, but the, the struggle as a parent is real. Yes. Um, and I, I was like, we should pay our teachers more. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I want to write a petition of being like, can we please pay all of the teachers? Take take extra out of my taxes, please, and pay them, because this is this is hard work. Mm -hmm. I'm I am working full time, and I have my child full time. So there's there's a lot of um, making sure that I have work life balance, which has never been a thing before. Yeah. Uh, usually it was just straight work for 75% of my life and, you know, home for 25%. Yeah. Now there's no difference. Yep. It just blends in. It <laughs> blends in. Um, my kiddo has, um, dressed as Spider-Man and Hulk at the same time. Oh, has, that's great. Has bombarded into Zoom meetings where I am talking to my boss and, and others. And he's just like, I'm a boss and a king and just walks out. And I was like, I can't, I, I can't, I can't. 
This is that's him. boss level right there. It is boss that level. That is a confidence level that. <laughs> Hulk hands, Spider-Man outfit, Hulk mask. He didn't even care. He's like, I am the boss and the king and just walks out. And I was like, that's four-year-old confidence for you right yes. there. I yep. need some of that. Yes. Um, so that's that's the project now is just trying to figure out me. Yeah. There's so much that's getting wrapped up in work, uh, so much that got wrapped up in, in you know, expectations of going out and living. Um that that the vid has slowed everybody down. Mm-hmm. I had to focus on like how do you grow a basil plant? Yeah. How do I take care of a four year old while still doing 40, 45 hours a week? Yeah. Um, and and my spouse too, because you know it's what. How do we continue to educate him at the same time? Yeah. Because there's that temptation of just stick him in front of the tablet. Yeah. Twenty four seven and being like. Just watch, I don't know, Minecraft for yeah. nine hours. You'll be fine. Yeah, just watch Baby Shark. You'll be good. Right? Just this action <laughs> yeah. all the time. Um, so, yeah, there's a lo- there was a lot of responsibility that came to a head. Um, and that's that, that's that's the major project, right? What do yeah. I leave behind? My, my kid. Yeah. Uh, my kid and, and hopefully uh, the empowerment for these young artists to make their way in this world. Um, in the way that they choose to. Mm-hmm. That's great. So um, words of wisdom. Uh, you can keep it shorter, concise, or you can go for another 30 minutes. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> right. um, just words of wisdom for our audience before we before we sign off. Just something that um, may inspire them, something that may resonate with someone's soul. Um, maybe something someone needs to hear. Oh, man. Oof. Um Sometimes crying is good. Yes. Sometimes you just need a really good cry and to punch something. Yep. Maybe not at the same time, but like, <laughs> you know, there's options. I'm going to throw in a quick advertisement for the compound gym here. No, just like, <laughs> you want to punch something, you're not, you're, you're stress therapy, body bags everywhere. Just punch something. You'll feel better. No. You'll feel better. Right. <laughs> Endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, these all flow through yeah. your brain when you create, when you cry, when you punch something. Yes. So these are all, uh, you know, it's it's okay to be human. Yeah. So many of us are trying so hard to be perfect. It's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to punch something. It's okay to create. And it's okay for it not to be what you thought it was. Yep. Um, that's, <laughs> that's hard. Yes, it um, is. I'll let you know if I ever accomplish it. I haven't yet, <laughs> but I keep aspiring. <laughs> I, I hear that. That's yeah. That's that's great. That's something that um, yeah. That's definitely something I need to hear right now with uh, all the things that I, I've got going <laughs> on. But uh, um, so yeah, how can people um, get in touch with the museum? Mm-hmm. Um, heck, even with me. What if I'm wanting to sign up as a new member or anything like that? Um, how do we connect? Uh, how do we you know, sign up for the membership or how do we get connected? Maybe for the younger audience, how mm-hmm. do we, how do they get connected with the cohort? Sure. So you can get the, the membership online, okay. uh, the cultural cohort. It does say under 30. So honor system here. Um, if you're under 30, you're more than welcome to sign up for it. You can visit us in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do ask right now until like a little, you know, a little bit into it. Uh, we're still having reserved tickets. Uh, so if you want to get your tickets online, you totally can. We are accepting a couple of walk-ups as, as capacity allows, um, but you're definitely more than allowed to come and ask questions at the front desk, especially if it's about membership. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always reach me at membership at 
oma-online.org. So that's, that's directly to membership. So if you have any questions about that, or just have a question about what my favorite ice cream is. That's totally cool too, because <laughs> I answer those questions. Um, so you know, there's there's contact at the museum, and as we open more, stopping by is the is the best way uh, mm-hmm. to get connected with any of us, and especially with any of the exhibitions and, and information on those uh, projects, happenings, and exhibitions. Cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, hey, this has been a uh, this has been a very enlightening episode. It's something uh, it d- definitely I, I love bringing in my artists, art organizations. I'm a huge advocate for the creative arts, for just art in general. Uh, huge advocate for it. So being able to have uh, you know Victoria today, bring her in, talking about the museum, talking about art, life, it all mixes anyway. Yep. Um, so it has been a great episode, um, and I, I definitely want to um, you know help you know, promote the, the museum and everything they got going on and just shout outs for the week. Um, I wanted to give some shout outs to, um, my, my buddy, John Howler, who, um, I, he's on Instagram at Mr. Howler. Um, and, uh, he, he does a lot of digital illustration. He's got merchandise, but his, um, kid right now is they're really, they're, you know, kids in the hospital right now dealing with some things and that, um, a lot of their sales, uh, has went to helping their son, um, in the uh in the hospital so uh just want to give a, a quick shout out to the to the howler pack uh i you i generally wear my shirts in, you know all the time and i uh, just wanted to support support them and uh, i'll have his information in the show notes uh karina roberts um who is a uh, watercolor artist here um she actually um on the on on the side note she actually does uh she's in um child justice i believe i think she's um studying for but she's real big into um child child justice and reform and uh so her, a lot of her artwork has been starting to reflect a lot of the things that's going on i believe in la county i believe with some things going on um so yeah i just want to give a quick shout out to karina roberts um i'll put her instagram handle in the show notes and then uh giving some shout outs to um always my my, my buddies uh dave who is the sound check person but does all this beautiful artwork uh, if you see the video and you happen to see any of the artwork, Dave has done all these um, amazing paintings. Um, I'm hoping one day to sort of see his process from beginning to end because I want to see it. Um, I'll put his information in the in the show notes. And then uh, my buddy Peyton, who is a uh, awesome photographer, he's got some a lot of different things going on, a lot of uh, drone photography, uh, different um, shots that he's done uh, in here and outside of the show. Um, and I'll put his uh, Instagram handle in there as well. Uh, I know there's some probably some other ones I'd like to give some shout outs to today, but um, I, I don't have my list <laughs> set up. But um, definitely, um, if you want to get, you know, if you want to have a shout out on the show, send me a hashtag at creator shout out um, and I'll be sure to uh, give you a shout out on the show. Um, other than that, hey, this has been a awesome episode with me, with Victoria, with Oceanside Museum of Art. And um, once again, be cradle, stay inspired.